Well, I, I didn't just say that because it sounded good earlier when I said I really believe God's going to continue to move throughout the service. Uh, the worship was laying a foundation of what, what, uh, what God was speaking, the words that, that came forth that the Lord led after the worship. They're confirming, and God is not done yet this morning. Father, as we go into this time in the Word, continue on the work that you started a few weeks ago in us understanding who we are. Father, and help us to live up and rise up and walk victoriously in you. We give you the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Who are you? We don't get the music today. It's back there, but who are you? We're talking the third week of, of discovering who we are in Christ. The first week laid the foundation and it was a quick flyby. Who is God? We spent that, that day just trying to get a glimpse to understand just a little bit of the awesomeness of God. Last week we talked about who are you, who are you in Christ. Talking about who we are positionally, who we are in Christ. And this morning I want to continue on in this theme. And, and if I, the title of today's message would be, well, who are you, of course, part three, living victoriously. Living victoriously. Because as we understand who we are in Christ, it begins to, it sets us up to begin to live in victory instead of in defeat. And I look around in the church today, including even in my life and in, in, in different times, lots of different lives, we're living defeated, some more than others. But God has so much more victory for us to walk in. Victory over depression. Victory over sickness at times. Vic victory over the things that ail us. And so this morning we want to talk about living victoriously. The... The purpose is to enlighten us over the last few weeks and this week in the truth of the Scriptures. The Scriptures speak to us, and we need to be enlightened to understand what they're saying in the God we serve, who He is, and who He created us to be and transformed us as we were in Christ. We need to understand and appropriate these Scriptures. Th these things is, are going to help us to begin to walk in the victory that God has foreordained us to walk in. God wants us to walk in victory. That right there is something we have to let soak in because many of us, at times, at the very least, don't feel victorious. And you get an oh me, you know, oh me. We don't walk in the victory often that God wants us to walk in. Well, am I saying that we can have 100% victory over sin every day? No. We can't ever achieve sinlessness in our life, but we can achieve victory over our struggles and our temptations. We talked about last week the process of sanctification. Sanctification happened in the, mo in the moment that we were set apart, but it's an ongoing process that we will walk out as we walk in Christ and become more and more victorious in Him. And so that's what we, we discovered last week. I really hope that you took the time to... Uh, to um, read the read the word, read the scriptures. We actually I didn't put the the thing on the um, on the website because the link was broken. It wouldn't have helped you this week, anyways. But this week, uh, at, after the message on uh, today, you can go onto the website, click Life Groups, and then click on Life Group Leaders, and there'll be a link in there for scriptures of who you are in Christ, and that will be on the website at BigBearChristianCenter.org. Life, uh, life groups, which for you is on this bottom side of the screen. He's probably going to do it right behind me and he's going to 
really, really cool. And when you click on that, it's going to open up a few more, a few more places, and it's going to be see the nice little tree that that Una drew for us. Isn't that awesome? And so you're going to click on that link. It's going to open up this, and you can go to Life Group Leaders. And we're going to put another one of these things that will say who I am in Christ. We're going to put another. We can do that, right? I think we can. I think we have the ability. Um, so, so that will be in there. Uh, or, or, Ed, will we put it there or under the resources? Okay, okay. If you don't see it on this line, you'll click on resources. Click ahead and click there. And then there will be another thing like this. And that's, you'll, you'll find it there. That's probably where we're going to put under resources, and it'll be back up there. Who you are. We need to know who we are, and all that we'll put up there are scriptures that talk about who we are in Christ to help us get there. So now we say, well, great. Now I know what God is, kind of. Wow. God is, wow. There's no words to describe God. We're beginning to understand. We pour into the scriptures and get the magnitude of God, and we should we should be overwhelmed and, and just awestruck. Then we continue on. We see the scriptures that speak of who I am, at least supposed to be in Christ. Positionally, we are all the things that we read about in, in the scriptures, but we need to walk into these things. And so we say, but I'm still defeated. Say, so I'm still struggling with sin. Some of you just say, I'm still me. I don't feel victorious. I don't live victoriously. What's going on? And, and we have a, a number of problems. And most, the, the biggest problem for us that are in Christ, and in Christ means that you have trusted Him to be your Savior. You've committed your life to Him. You are a believer. Uh, um, and, and somebody who's been transformed in salvation, not just somebody who believes from far off, but truly has committed your life. The moment that that happens, something changed, but there's an issue with it. We don't believe it happened. So there's two natures we're dealing with. And this is a huge subject. We're going to go briefly by because I want to get to some other scriptures. We're dealing with two natures. The one is the pre-salvation nature. It's the fallen nature of man. Before you were saved, you were depraved. You were without hope, without God, lost. The Bible said, we read scripture last week, that you were not just in darkness, you were darkness. I was darkness. We had a nature of sin in us. And that's why sin was so easy. That's why there was no conviction of sin, because our very nature was darkness, and it was sin. After we got saved, that nature changed. And this right here is where some of us have to change our thinking. Our nature changed. We got a new nature the old nature died. We walk around believing that the old nature still lives. It wants to live. It's dead. Now we got to let that soak in for a minute. Romans chapter 6. Let's go to, let's go, go to Romans. And Romans chapter 6 is a great chapter on dead to sin, alive to God. I want to specifically read verse 6 to begin with here. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. What tense is this in? Past. Our old man was crucified with him. 
It's a done deal. I'll do this for you. That's right. This is your past, right? That's your future. Okay, so it was done. It was crucified. It says that an old man was crucified and the body of sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Before you're, you are a slave to sin. It's your nature. You can do nothing but be a slave. You can do nothing but be in sin because you have a sin nature. But the moment that we come to Christ, that sin nature dies and we have a new nature. You go, well, I'm saved and I don't feel like a new nature. There, and and that's, that's what happens. The, the problem is, is our thinking, our habits, our patterns, and the devil. We've got to throw the devil in here because he's a big part of it. But our nature is not sin any longer. But our habits run to sin. We have a fleshly side that, that, that still wants to be independent. But our nature is dead. And our new nature is Christ. The Bible says that we are light. Go and stay in Romans 6, verse 7. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, most of our objections are all based on how we feel. I don't feel victorious. But we don't live by feelings. We live by faith in what the Word of God says. And the Word of God says that he who has died has been freed from sin. Go down to verse 12. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lusts. There is still a, a lust, a desire that's going to come upon us. But the difference was we used to be slaves. Slaves have to obey. It's the nature. But we were freed from sin. We're no longer slaves. Now he's saying, don't obey. See, the, the difference is there's a choice. We can choose, we can change, and we can walk into the righteousness. We, couldn't, we didn't have that choice before. We have a new nature. Verse 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law but under grace. Sin shall not have dominion over you. Again, the, the argument is that we feel like it does. That's the lie. That's the lie of the enemy. And we're, that's what we're going to deal with today, as much as best as we can in the next 30 minutes. And, uh, and, and if we need to go on, we'll, we'll, we'll go on and, and continue on this because this is so important that we understand and begin to walk. And, and uh, Pastor Floyd talks about this often, and, and it's, it's so important. So we have an old nature that is dead, and we have a new nature that is in Christ. We're alive. Our spirit for the first time in our life is alive, and our nature is new. But our habits, our patterns, they're all old and they're remembering these things. The enemy comes in and he lies to us and, and, and we are held in bondage. We truly, not because of the devil, because we have victory over the devil, the Bible says. We're held in bondage because we believe that we're in bondage. We're held in bondage because we believe the lies that the enemy has said. We believe the lies that our parents have told us. We believe the lies, all of these things, and we need to break the patterns off so we can begin to live victoriously. Now, the devil is a big part in this, and, and we, we can't underestimate his scheming. And the Bible says that he's given us, that, bef that the Lord gave us authority over his power. So we have authority over the power of the enemy. So we have that in Christ, yet we feel like we still are under his power.
What's the difference? We don't know our authority. We don't walk in the victory that God wants. It's going to be a process of changing our habits and patterns and our thinking process. But the devil, John 10.10 says that the thief, that he comes to steal, to kill, and to, to destroy. That's what the devil wants. The devil hates you. And he is going to do everything he can to lead you back into the patterns of the old world. He's going to put in thoughts. He's going to do everything he can because he's come to steal, to kill, and destroy. What does Jesus come for? The Bible says in John 10.10, I've come that you might have life and life abundantly. God, God showed me this really simple little thing years ago, and I've shared it a few times. The devil's come to steal, to kill, and destroy. Jesus came to heal, to fill, and then to de deploy. He came to heal us, fill us, and then to send us back out of the world. He's come to give us life, but the devil is at war with us. And there's a lot of passages, we're going to read a few this morning, about how he's doing it. And the, and the big one I want to talk about is 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Second Corinthians chapter 10, starting in verse 4. Actually, I'm going to start with 3. Can we do that? For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. In verse 5, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Though we walk in the flesh, we live in this world. We're part of this world scheme. The devil is active in the world. We even have, a, we have the, the natural fleshly thing. My, my flesh likes to eat. My flesh likes to sleep. There are things just in the flesh. And we walk in this naturalness of life. But we don't have warfare in the natural. We have, with spiritual, though we walk in the flesh, we not wage war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. And that's, the strongholds is what I want to key in this morning. What are these strongholds? If we want to live victoriously, we need to understand the strongholds in our life and begin to, to uh, come against them and to break their power over our lives. And every one of us has a stronghold or a hundred. <laughs> you know, one or a hundred, right? We have strongholds in our life that are keeping us back. Every one of us still has strongholds that we, even those who have purposely been working against us because we, these, these processes continually bombard our minds. And the, the strongholds are, are what's talked about in verse 5. Arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Strongholds are strongholds in the mind. They are the things that speak to us. They are the lies that keep us uh, inhibited. They are the lies that keep us back from not gaining victory. And it's up here. And the devil loves it because see, he has no power over us, but he does have the power to speak to us. He speaks all the time. And what we have the power to do is receive it or reject it. So we have these strongholds built up in our minds. What are these strongholds? They're, they're negative patterns um, of thought. They're, they're, they're things that were burned into our minds through different means. Often they, they come even starting in your childhood. 
These strongholds were built up. They, things happen. They can come from a trauma. A one-time event can happen. And then the things that surround that trauma, uh, the, the enemy will come and, and, and make it worse. And, and, and let's say uh, something really bad happened um, to you. And, and when it happened, maybe there was a police car going by, just out of chance. You go, so, so this trauma happens, and the police car goes by. Then every time you hear a siren, you go back to the trauma. You begin to relive the trauma. You begin to go back over and think of all the things that are happening, and you build up these messages, these things in your, in your, in your brain that are so negative. They, they can happen from, uh, mostly I believe they, they come from the lies that are told to us by family, by friends, the words spoken over us that have built themselves up to tell us that we'll never succeed, to tell us that we're always a failure, to tell us that we'll never get success over this pattern. They hold us back. They're also learned behavior. They come from just absolutely just learned behavior. And the, an example would be um, maybe three kids in the same household. Do you ever look at kids in the same household and wonder how they can turn out so differently? Of course, sometimes it's just, it's just personality, but there's other things that happen. And one of them goes like this. Let's say you have a, an older kid, maybe 18. You have a 12-year-old and maybe an 8-year-old all living in the house with an alcoholic father. And, and the father comes in, and he's, he's abusive, he's loud, he's, he's a drunk. And he comes in, and the 18-year-old, he comes in, he kind of gets loud and violent, and the 18-year-old is big now. And he stands up, and he says, you can't push me around anymore. And, and, and dad backs off. The 12-year-old, he's not big enough to do that, so maybe what he does is he does the passive thing, goes, can I get you anything, Dad? Can I, can I get you some dinner? And he just serves, and he, and he just does all these things to make peace. And maybe the 8-year-old is just hiding. So then when they become adults, one of the things that can happen, the stronghold's already been built in the lives, and the, the kid who was 18 who stood up to his dad, everywhere he goes, he's angry. And he's in your face. Because the stronghold was built up in his life that needs to be broken down. But his... His automatic reaction is what he learned to do. The 12-year-old will probably spend most of their life trying to please everyone and avoiding all confrontation because that's the pattern they learn, the stronghold that says this is the only thing you can do. And there's the other one who just hides, and if anything goes wrong, they just escape. Wow. But, but we have to get to the lie, and we have to bring forth the truth. We have to pull down the stronghold, and wh- what do we, how do we pull it down? Well, unless we know who God created us to be, we're going to live that pattern forever. Am I explaining myself okay? You, you tr- are we tracking? Okay, hallelujah. So, so we, we have traumas that have happened in your life, we, in my life, in our lives. We have learned behavior, and then we have the lies, the, the speech that has just bombarded us. So they, they built up these strongholds, and they can happen all of our life. They, they're still happening. They, they, I believe they can get bigger and bigger and bigger until the stronghold is, is so big it controls every aspect of your life. So how are they conquered? 2 Corinthians 10.4 says, The weapons of all warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. The weapons, what are our weapons? Let's go to, let's go to Ephesians. Now don't get excited when I say the word finally. Finally, my brethren... Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. 
Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, then to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 18, praying always with all prayers and supplications in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Mouthful. That's our warfare. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of wickedness in spiritual places. And it goes on, and it begins to lay out the thing. What I, what is so important to see there is what's the very first part of the of the armor of God. And some of you actually might, you know, physically put on your armor every morning. And and I don't want to. That that's great if it helps you connect to the fact, but it's useless if you're not connecting to the truth of it. The very first part of the armor is truth. Wow. What are strongholds? Things in the mind, mostly built out of lies and abuse, but lies. And the very first part of the armor is truth. The best way to combat and to break down the strongholds is to come at it with truth. We have to get the truth of the word, the truth of God in the situation. We need to find the lies, destroy the lies, and come at it with truth. We have conversations with us ourselves all day long. And if you have strongholds built up, and I'm not just talking about, oh, what should I do on that car? I'm talking about these, these conversations. You get a phone call or a text. Somebody, Pastor Jeff and I were coming up the road the other day, and a car did a U-turn right in front of us on the mountain road. And... And we were we were doing 55 or so, and so we came up really close. And, and not only did he U-turn, he didn't go anywhere. He just kind of went, all right, just barely moving. And so we ended up, I mean, really close to his bumper. And so then we backed off, and we putted for a, you know half a mile, 20 miles an hour. He pulls off, and he flips us off. <laughs> that guy was having some conversations and does all the time in his life. He couldn't see any truth. You couldn't see any truth. But we have the same things. We have conversations that, that we, we question, well, why did they do that? And they must not like me. And I must have done this wrong and whatever. And, and we begin to have these conversations in our mind all the time. And we need to begin to attack the lies and begin to replace it with the truth of God. Find the lies. Find the lies. God created us and he, in Christ, this is where we go, well, well we need to know the truth and f- the lies are going to be opposite of the truth. We need to know who we are in Christ. Everything that's opposite of who we are in Christ is a lie. So a lot of them are easy to find. I want to hit a few of them. And I'm, I'm almost afraid to hit a few because there's so many. I don't want to leave any out. One is just simply, you're a sinner. Tried to dispel that lie last week. You're not a sinner. You're a saint. When God died for your sins and you received him, you were translated from being a sinner and you were made a saint in him. Right there, 
the lie needs to be broken because one of the things with a lie of being a sinner is that, you know, if I, I'm going to fall because I'm a sinner. I'm just, I'm going to drink again. I'm going to go out and have an affair again. I'm going to look at pornography again. I'm going to yell at my wife or my husband again. I'm going to, I'm going to, because I'm just a sinner. Break the lie. You're not a sinner. You're a saint. You were bought at a price. You're a new creation. Now, the next thing that would come in after that, if you go, okay, so I got it, but then I, I just yelled at my wife or I did whatever I did, so I'm, I'm just bad. No, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Begin to replace the, the lies are going to begin to come in. We've got to just tear them down one by one by one. Your sin nature is stronger than your spiritual nature. That's a lie. You know, it's, it's the two dog, it's the two dog mentality that you've got the big black dog and the big white dog and warring in your soul and you go, which one's going to win? You know, i got this black dog, this evil dog that's pulling me off and to make me do bad things and the white dog's trying to pull me into... And, and the old proverb goes, well, which, which dog is going to win? And, and they say, whichever one you feed more. Well, that's a nice picture. But our dog is dead. The black dog is dead. If you believe it. See, there's a white dog warring at you and we're going back and trying to feed a dead dog. Don't buy into the lie that your sin nature is stronger. The truth is, no, he that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. I'm a new creation. I've been bought at a price. I'm sanctified. I'm justified. My new nature is Christ. I'm hidden in Christ, in God. Wow, nothing can get to me. That's the truth. Your sin nature is dead, but your habits and patterns of life have to change. That's what has to change is your habits and the patterns in your life. Your mind has to be renewed. But we've got to remember that our sin nature is dead. Let's go to Colossians 3.3. 3. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. How many of you have actually done this? And I, I've been there, and this is a continual work in my life. This message is a work, it's, a, it's an ongoing work in my life. But how many of you have said, I'm just trying to die to sin? Anyone want to be brave enough to say it? I've said it, I'm trying to die to sin. You know, the Bible says that you're dead to sin. Our problem is that we're trying to kill something that's already dead. We're fighting the wrong battle. We need to renew our minds. We need to renew our minds. Lies, you're a failure. It says, no, I'm more than a conqueror in Christ. The lie is you need a wife, a husband, more money. You need alcohol or drugs or sex. or You need something to fulfill. You can't operate. You can't function without these things. And the Bible says that you are complete in Him who is the head of all principality and power. You are complete but the lie comes in and you say, but I need it. And they say, no. See, the first part is, is breaking that lie when it first comes in. I am complete in Christ. Psalm 34 says, fear the Lord, you as saints, for those who fear Him lack nothing. Psalm 34.10 says, the lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. You are complete. We're complete. We lack nothing. We're in Him. We don't need these things, but the stronghold in our life says that you do. Because it was a lie. It was something that came in. 
says that you won't be safe without somebody. You won't be whole until this happens. Another thing we have to, to get in this, in this walk, there's so many lies that we have to, to, to know and begin to recognize, and this is the long process. This is why sanctification is a process, because the lies will never stop. Sorry to discourage you, but the lies will never stop. You can ask the young Christian if they're being lied to by the enemy, yes, and I can ask the old Christian if they're being lied to by the enemy still, and if they're still battling with the lies of the enemy, and the answer is going to be yes. You have to fight it forever. But you begin to recognize them quicker. You read your word and the word stands out and says, no, this is not truth. I got a picture in there. Can you put it up? Okay, nobody say anything. Okay. No laughing or snickering at this next part. Who sees... A beautiful woman. Put your hand. All right. Put your hand down. Who sees an ugly old woman? Now, those who saw a beautiful woman, are you freaked out that somebody sees an old woman? Those who see an old woman, are you freaked out that somebody sees a beautiful woman? For those who see a beautiful woman, I want you to look at her chin. Now, see, see her, her neckline there? That's her nose. Down below is her mouth. Ooh, who just saw the ugly hag for the first time? Okay. Now, for those who only saw the, the ugly woman, I want you to see that the, um, the chin, the nose is a chin. Above that is a little nose and a little eyelash. And there's a feather coming out. Uh, well, that both of them have the feather. Now, who can see? Now, who's confused because their eyes are going back and forth? Okay. Did you everyone see the other one? Did everyone see both? Okay. Your perception is not necessarily truth. Your perception is not necessarily truth. You saw one thing that's not necessarily true, but in your mind, things happen every day, and you lock that in as the truth, but often it's a lie. And you're locking in lies about yourself, about your victory, about your future, about who God is, about your sin, about all these things. And for you, it's truth. But there are two pictures there. There's the picture that the devil wants you to believe that you're an ugly old hag. And there's a picture that God wants you to see that you are beautiful in him and your perception is wrong. And what are you going to choose to do? Believe the lie or believe what God says about you? We have to change our thinking. Go ahead and turn that away. Everyone's still looking at it. <laughs> I feel like the teacher on Charlie Brown. Wah, 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 wah. Nobody's hearing anything. What's the lie? What are the strongholds in your life? This is going to be something that's going to take you time, that's going to take me time to begin to discover. And probably you're going to need someone else to help you go through it. You're going to need somebody who's willing and brave enough when, th when you're acting or saying or doing certain things to come up and say, listen, is that the truth? I see a different truth. And you have to be open to finding out what the truth is. Another question. You ask yourself, and if you get into a relationship where you can ask somebody else, ask yourself, is there another interpretation to this? 
that, that can set you free. When something bad happens and you go, oh, they hate me. Is there another interpretation to that? Is, there, is it possible that anything else is happening besides that? You have to be open to begin to let God show you what's really happening. You know, most people are not as mean as you think they are. They're not. They're not thinking about you. The guy who cut you off wasn't trying to be mean. Pastor Tom Owens one day got cut off, passed. I think he got cut off. No, he got cut off. He got passed, I think it was on, on the, the, the road here. But anyways, this guy was driving like a crazy man. and he, I think he passed him and cut right in front of him, almost made him go off the road. And he was so angry. Just, and so you know, he was going through all the emotions we have. And God said to him, follow him. I think Tom, I think Tom went, good. <laughs> Did you ever do that? You're a follow someone. I'm going to show him. He follows him down. And he's flying. And he, pulls, and he goes down Garston. Falls him down Garston. And he pulls into the hospital. He's rushing his wife to the hospital. Is there another interpretation for what just happened? Is it possible that maybe what you think is the truth is not the truth? Is it possible that God's got something bigger and better for you than the lie that you're believing? We have to understand, Christians, we have to understand that Satan wants you to believe the lie and that he has plans to harm you. He has methods to do it, and most of it's in our mind. But the Bible says that Satan lies because he is the father of lies. He constantly lies to us. We have to understand that because these things are coming in, we need to begin to question, God, is that from you? What about this? So how do we do that quickly? We need to renew our mind. We're not going to get victory unless our mind is renewed. Romans 12, 2 says, Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We need to get this, this gray matter in here renewed. We need to begin to have truth in it. And see, this is why we go back into the past and the sin, because we have a, we have a thinking problem. We have a perception problem. And we need to renew that mind. Ephesians 5.26 says that, that we're cleansed, cleansing her, the church, by the washing of water through the Word. That as we get into the Word, it's like washing of water and it cleanses us. Our minds need to be renewed. We need to be washed with the water of the Word. And the Word is going to give us the pure thinking. We need to begin to read and memorize the Word of God. Because that is truth. The Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free but we believe the lie. Read the truth. Know who we are. Hebrews 4.12 says that the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's going to get down and do the work. Allow it to do the work, and it's going to begin to penetrate and to help you find the lies of the Word. Let it penetrate your thinking. Let it penetrate your heart. Find out who you are. John 6, Jesus says, The words I have spoken to you are spirit, and they are life. If you're hearing words that are death, they are not from God. God doesn't speak death. He speaks life. And we need to begin to believe the truth. Get rid of the lies. Pull down the strongholds by the truth, by the Word of God. Reading the Word and memorizing Scriptures. Index cards. You can read and say, Psalm 119.11. Psalm 119.10, Psalm 119.9. 
How can a young man keep his way pure by living according to your word? Psalm 119.9. Psalm 119.10. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Memorize the word. You can be clean by the word of God. You can live pure as you, as you read and you study and you know the word of God. Romans 8.37. Now we know that we are more than conquerors in him. Are you feeling defeated? Don't buy the lie. It's being sold to you every moment, every day. Stop buying the lie. We have to stop buying the lie and buy the truth to find it. And we have to run to it. Get into the sword of the Spirit. Ephesians 6 says that the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. For those of you who have violent portions like me and most men, Think of that word of God as being what you're hacking off the enemy. You know it's okay to be angry at the enemy? Even for you passive people like myself, it's okay to hate the devil and to be angry at the devil and to take the sword of the Spirit and say no more lies on my family about me and begin to chop off the lies and buy the truth. Cover it with the truth. Submit to God. James 4, 7, resist the devil and he'll free you. How do you do that? Because when you submit to God, you're submitting to his word. You're submitting to what he says about you. And as you do that, you resist the lies of the enemy and the enemy is going to flee. You have authority and power over the enemy, but the battle is being waged in your mind, in our minds. And we need to get the victory and begin to pull down the strongholds every moment, every day. God, help me to find the truth. Help me to, to know the truth. I want to be free. I don't want to buy into the lie anymore and live in this darkness, in this pain. Lord Jesus come to you right now. And we thank you for the authority that is in you. For those of us that are in you. We thank you for the victory that is in you. We thank you that we are more than conquerors. God, but we recognize that there are strongholds built up in our lives. Patterns of bad behavior, of, of abuse. Patterns, patterns that we are doing ourselves in, in the sins that we're walking into. Even though we've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, we're still fighting ourselves walking in these same sins. God, help us to renew our mind. This morning we make a choice to believe the truth and to begin to reject the enemy, resist him, resist his lies, and to fully submit ourselves to the Word of God, to God. Lord, I pray that you would take us on this journey, that we begin to grow in this area, that we would pull down these strongholds and become more victorious and begin to walk out our salvation the way you desired and the way that you have foreordained that we would walk it in victory and in success, God. That we would have success over our, our sin problems, over the things that we struggle with, God. I pray that you'd also surround us with those that would help us and encourage us along the way and even be bold enough to say, is that the truth? Is that, is that the truth of God in your life? And that we, God, would choose this day. We choose to serve you. We choose to serve the God of the Bible who spoke this word for us, for our good. Lord, I thank you that I am here and we, we will see victory. Victory over darkness. Victory over chains, God, that we'll be set free. God, we love you. Praise you. Say, let it be. Let it be. Amen.